Three. I'm your host, Hector. Mind Grenade is a pop culture-based show that dives into TV, movies, music, comics, and a whole lot more. And this is yet another edition of the 2000 Movies version of the podcast. This is where I review a film that I wanted to watch, but never got around to it. And uh, I'm taking the opportunity to review these films on the podcast. Uh, with the one criteria of that, the movies have had to have been released after the year 2000. Hence, 2000 movies. And before we go any further, let me just ease any of your concerns about spoilers. There's no need for a spoiler warning. Uh, I won't ruin any big reveals or uh, plot twists, so no need to worry there. So I think, I think I'm going to get into the movie right away. But I, I'm going to start at the beginning, uh, my experience with uh, this franchise. Um, I, <laughs> I was doing the math earlier before I started recording. Uh, so this is the second sequel, the third in the series of the Bill and Ted movies. And uh, I was doing the math to see when the last one, uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, had been released. And I got a little lightheaded when <laughs> I realized it's been th about 30 years now. Um, I'm, uh, and, and I remember going to the theater to watch Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And, and shit, I remember uh, hearing about the first one, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Um, it was one of those uh, films, the, the the first one, where it had gotten a lot of its attention uh, on home video, on VHS. I remember uh, trips to the video store uh, <laughs> and um, it's showing my age here. Like I said, 30 years uh, I, when I did the math, I, I got a little bit uh, queasy just to the thought of it. And, and I normally don't get... Uh, self-conscious about my age. Uh, I'm 44 and uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that age. And uh, um, uh, when I when I heard 30 years, it just kind of blew my mind only because I, I do remember vividly going to watch Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, uh, the experience and everything. And um, and then here I am uh, 30 years later reviewing the second film, the, the, the second sequel, I should say, Bill and Ted's uh, Face the Music. Um, uh, so, so it's pretty crazy. So, yeah. So the the first one I remember being a, uh, pro, I, I'm assuming a bomb at the box office, and then getting a second life on uh, home video, and then that uh, uh, propelling them um, to be able to make the sequel, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And I, 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 out of the first two, I, I remember liking the second one quite a bit more. Um, even though some people prefer the first one because it had a lighter tone to it, the second one—I mean, it's in the name, Bogus Journey—it's uh, a little darker, um, but uh, I, I like that kind of dark humor um, and some of the light. There's some light humor in the, in the second one uh, with the, uh, <laughs> ironically, with uh, with Death, uh, the character uh, who plays that character, William Sadler, who's fucking excellent. Kind of stole the show in that second movie. He shows up in this new, in the, in the, in the uh, Face the Music in Bill and Ted's 3. Uh, but yeah, man, I remember vividly the the, the, the second film, and uh, and I've enjoyed both those films. And um, I'll get into why I think these films work, even though they're pretty silly. And even at the time when I watched the second one, um, like I said, in the theater, um, I was all about it, even though I knew, uh, I, I, even then... At whatever age I was, I um, I I knew it was sophomoric, 
and kind of silly, but um, it, it worked. And then, I mean, obviously, here we are with a with a with another sequel uh, years later. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of take a quick trip down memory lane with these films since um, it's uh, pretty <laughs> fueled. It, it, it's it's fueled pretty much by nostalgia. Uh, there, there's there's more to it with this third movie. Um, I, I think they supplemented the nostalgia factor with some other elements to make it work. Um, so, yeah, so uh, that was my experience with this franchise thus far. And, um, and, and, and the reason I waited to watch this film, even though I was a fan of the first two growing up, the reason I waited, because this film came out last year in 2020, Bill and Ted's, uh, uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music. It was released last year, I think home video because of the quarantine and pandemic. I'm pretty sure it went straight to video or um, home um, media or whatever. Uh, but, but the reason I waited a, a year almost to watch it now was deliberate because... I've kind of have a love-hate relationship with nostalgia. I'm, I'm susceptible to it. I'm only human. But I don't want it to... Um, when I'm speaking about it uh, in this in this type of situation for the podcast or reviewing it or, or um, recommending it to somebody, um, I, I want to make sure I'm not overselling it because I have such a... Um, history with the franchise, the, the, uh, the nostalgia bias. I, I want to make sure, um, I'm honest <laughs> with myself that I'm not giving it extra points only because I grew up with it. Cause that's, that's kind of a bullshit reason to try to get somebody to watch it. I'm not gonna assume my niece that's 15 that will like it only because I liked it when I was a kid. I mean, things were so much different back then. So uh, I, I shouldn't assume since I love something so much because I grew up with it that somebody now uh, coming of age is going to like it. So I have to like temper my uh, my bias, I guess. So uh, that was part of the reason. And and actually, I'm really glad I waited the the year the the uh, full year to watch this film. Eh, not a full year; it makes it sound too kind of um, like. Uh, strategic of me to <laughs> no, it's around a year, I guess. Um, but, but I'm glad I did. Cause I feel like I appreciated it. Uh, my, my expectations were tempered to watch it. I wasn't just you know, when it, when it dropped last year, everybody was like on social media, all the, uh, people my age were making themselves sound old, <laughs> uh, with, uh, be excellent to each other post on social media. It's kind of, um, even though it's a Gen X thing, it, it makes people, my, my generation sound like boomers and stuff like that. And, um, makes them sound older and cornier than they, um, would probably care to do. So uh, I'm glad I waited a year and, uh, kind of avoided the, uh, the crowds, I, I guess, uh, um, the crowds on social media. So metaphorical crowds. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's why, uh. I waited to do this now, and um, I'm glad I did. And 
But also, at the same time, I'm sure I'm not going to convince anybody to watch this movie. Everybody who's wanted to watch it has probably already seen it. But here are my thoughts on it. So, Bill and Ted Face the Music 2020 film, directed by Dean Parasot. And I uh, did not know this. Dean Parasot is, uh, excuse me, the director of uh, a bunch of movies, but specifically Galaxy Quest, which I'm a fan of. Um, that, uh, it's a fan favorite, kind of a cult favorite, and um, so uh, I'm glad they got a director that uh, of his skills, because Galaxy Quest had a lot of comedy, a lot of humor, but really heartfelt moments and sweet moments here and there, and very balanced film, so I think that's what he brought to this film. And uh, let's see, Bill and Ted Face the Music is described as a science fiction comedy, so uh, that's not a big surprise there. And it stars Alex Winter, and Keanu Reeves is probably the big uh, draw for this film. It's, it's crazy knowing of Keanu Reeves from the first movie, being introduced to him and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and then fast forward 30 years, or, or a little bit over 30 years now. And it's the Keanu Reeves from The Matrix and uh, uh, John Wick and everything else and just like memes and stuff on online. Uh, just it's it's just crazy how beloved this guy is and deservedly so. He's fucking great. But it's crazy to just go from knowing or being introduced to him in the first Bill and Ted's movie to fast forward to 2021 and and. Uh, it's uh, pretty amazing, uh, the guy's career. Uh, let's see who else is in this film. Kristen Shaw, who I'm a, uh, excuse me, Kristen Shaw, who I'm a big fan of from uh, Flight of the Concords. Flight of the Concords uh, is where I was introduced to her, and she's been in a bunch of other stuff. Uh, William, William Sadler uh, is in this film. Uh, Jillian Bell is also in this film from Workaholics and a bunch of other stuff. She's fantastic as well. So um, let's see here. So uh, this won't take very long. Um, this is my, these are my feelings, my review on uh, this second sequel to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So uh, I think the reason this film works, uh, I, I, I feel this is the better of the three, but you do need the first two to make this one work. But I think this one, uh, 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 technically on paper, is the better of the three films. Is I think I think it's a combination of a, several things. So uh, mainly Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves. Watching all three films, you realize that they're kind of underrated comedy. Um, it, it's not that they're full on like a Will Ferrell or anything. I think it has more to do with like th their timing and their sensibility. Is is their strong suit with these characters? Because um, they're just really silly. Uh, but, um, and you wouldn't think comedy right away, especially with Keanu Reeves, but there's some, something charming about these two guys. And, <clears throat> uh, when I was ranting about nostalgia earlier, uh, I kept that in mind watching this one. I was like, okay, just, you know, oh, they say it's station in this movie. Oh my God. Like, uh, I tried to like not get too excited about shit like that, little nods and little uh, uh, bits of pandering to the fans of the previous films, um, and paid more attention to like the the comedy mode, the moments where I I couldn't help but laugh out loud, and and this movie had those moments, um, 
which I was so glad. And it had to do with, yeah, with Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves, just their approach to these characters and these stories. And, and, and also speaking of stories, I think the other common, the, the thing that you need to combine with Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves and their sensibilities and their choices is uh, that they brought back the same writers. It's just been the same writers for all three movies. It's uh, Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon. Um, I don't think this movie would have worked if they hadn't brought back those uh, the same writers. And uh, so you got that. You got the writing team. You got the two main leads. And like I said before, it didn't hurt that they brought in a director that um, had experience with this type of movie, the, the kind of science fiction comedy. Um, Dean Parasot directing Galaxy Quest, I think, was a smart idea to bring him in to be the director for this film. Um, so, uh, it, uh, the, uh, the, the nostalgia factor, uh, going back to that again, um, it, uh, I'm not fully against it. I, I, like I said, I'm only human. I enjoy it at times when a Star Wars, uh, movie starts out and the fucking, the music kicks in and the, and the logo and the, and the crawl and stuff like that. I mean, I, I get transported back to when I was, you know, eight years old, five years old or whatever. Uh, so uh, I'm susceptible to it. But I think the way for the, for it to work properly is that you just don't rely entirely on nostalgia. You have to have more to it. You have to have like nostalgia and whatever else. Like, for example, with this film, I think the reason this film worked so much is there's nostalgia, but also there's some, and this is going to sound corny but some wholesomeness like like um the uh the relationship between uh Bill and Ted Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves the uh relationship uh, they have with their wives the relationship the relationship with their daughters and then not even just their daughters the 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 two the two actresses that play the daughters are those are that was great casting i think it worked really well but even between them even the 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 friendship between the two daughters is very sweet and and funny. Like, um, this movie seems to be conscious of, like, it needs to be funny throughout. And um, I think it does a decent job. There's a scene, the character that gets introduced in this film, uh, it's just some killer robot cyborg character that becomes kind of the butt of all of most of the jokes. Um, so, uh... This isn't a huge spoiler. I, I know I said I wasn't going to spoil stuff, um, but this isn't going to ruin anything for you. Uh, they they uh, end up in hell again, uh, Bill and Ted, and fucking the robot that gets killed along with them also ends up in hell. And they mention it right away how, what the, you know, what the, like, how is that possible for <laughs> a robot to die and go to hell? And then, like, the, denizens the the people living in hell already also comment on it they're like what the like you don't see that every day like it's such a good joke i thought uh so um yeah they they're conscious of the fact that even though this is a science fiction kind of time travel-y uh crazy movie that they first and foremost it's a comedy so they have to have so many comedic moments per minute and uh i think they did a good Good job uh, in that aspect, in that respect. Um, so, um, 
You know, speaking of nostalgia and whatever else element you want to add to it, uh, in this case, some wholesomeness, which I think it worked perfectly, even though, again, I think that sounds corny, but it worked. But I, I'm hoping the uh, the Ghostbusters movie that's coming out um, later this year, Ghostbusters Afterlife, I'm hoping they kind of take some um, notes from Bill and Ted Face the Music, where let's not rely entirely on the fact that everybody knows, or most people <laughs> of a certain generation, know what Ghostbusters is. Let's add something to it for the people who weren't born when that those franchises were in their heyday. I know um, in the Ghostbusters uh, uh, sequel that's coming out this year, it's got like an actor from Stranger Things and some other young actors in it. So, um, so they are trying to draw in younger, a younger crowd, which I mean, of course, yeah, you want as many people to be, uh, especially Ghostbusters is a fucking like, it's essentially, I, I realize adults enjoy it, but it's a silly kind of, um, you know, just silly concept. So you, 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 you want to have kids get excited about it. So um, I, I hope they don't rely too heavily on the fact that it's uh, an IP from the 80s. I hope they realize that they, they, can, they can or they should have something else um, along with just the nostalgia. So um, let's see. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Ghostbusters Afterlife... Uh, the fucking comedy sequel. Um, it's a tough one because it seems like uh, it's an uphill battle when you've waited uh, a decade or more to um, to do a sequel to a film. I think about like Dumb and Dumber, the the, the sequel to that that Jim Carrey uh, did a couple years back. And I'm trying to think of other ones. I, I know uh, Super Troopers, um, they waited quite a long time. And that was an uphill uphill battle for them to, to make. Um, I, I think that one... I think that one was as, just as good as the first one. But um, it didn't seem to hit as hard as the first one. Uh, that's the other thing, too, is uh, the... the uh, uh, sometimes a sequel is kind of like a photocopy of the first one, so it doesn't get as much love as the, uh, as the original. The sequel doesn't get... Um, that much praise, uh, um, even even if it's just as good. So it, it seems like the sequel has to like aim higher to overcomp uh, to to compensate, I should say, um, for that kind of bias that it's not original. <laughs> so um, this film being the second sequel, I think I think it um, I think it worked. Uh, I'm wondering what this one made more. I wonder how this one performed financially compared to the first two. Um, but I think uh, critically, it, it's the best reviewed one out of the three. Uh, Bill and Ted um, three is the best reviewed out of the uh, three movies, and, and I, I I would agree with those reviews. I think this one is the stronger film. Um, uh, even though, yeah, I I uh, I, I have a, um, a soft spot 
in my heart for the second one quite a bit just because I remember being young and going to the theater and being excited about it and all the music was great, the Faith No More and the Primus um, and uh, and Station and, and Death and, and all that stuff was uh, <laughs> was, was, was pretty great at the time. I, I just think this one has uh, a more of a balance and Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, they know the characters um, a lot better. They, 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 there's a scene in this film where they meet their elderly selves, like themselves on their deathbeds, essentially. And they have this sweet moment where it, it's similar to what you see in movies or in real life where like a, a, a son or a daughter is having a heart to heart with their parent on their deathbed, you know, when the parents uh, on the way out. They're having a heart-to-heart where they're like just trying to get out anything that was unsaid in their lives, and but in this in this case in this movie, the uh, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, Bill and Ted are having a heart-to-heart with their elderly selves. It's very sweet. It's funny, uh, but it's very sweet, and it like um, I was taken by it. Like I how like I was like wow, they really have kind of like they're they're. The actors, the, by their portrayal um, of their characters, um, I can see their understanding of their characters really intimately, which is kind of crazy. These characters are pretty two-dimensional, <laughs> Bill and Ted, but it's just funny the nuance that they can like find within these characters. And uh, yeah, man, I, I, I'm so glad these guys, I'm so glad Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves were kind of thrown together in that first movie and then developed a lifelong friendship in real life and were able to make these three movies. Um, I know Alex Winter went off to be a director and Keanu Reeves went on to be an A-list movie star. Um, but I'm so glad this was kind of like... Uh, an unintentional kind of side effect of their careers. And we got to kind of be a part of this. So, um, <laughs> uh, just delighted with this, with this film, uh, as you can tell. So, uh, I think my, my review, I, I gave it like, uh, a B minus to a solid B, which is pretty strong for this type of movie. This is a very silly, sophomoric, comedy. I mean, Bill and Ted is essentially your Jay and Silent Bob or Cheech and Chong or um, Laurel and Hardy kind of situation. So it's not going to be, you know, anything deep or profound, but um, not everything has to be that way. And uh, for me, this was pretty ideal. Um, I, um, I had genuine, genuine laughs throughout this movie and uh, like I said I'm glad I waited an entire year just to kind of um be outside of the buzz that was going on when it came out and everybody just kind of falling over themselves with like oh a movie from when I was a kid finally um I, I, I don't like to get wrapped up in that type of stuff so um like I said I probably like a b minus um because it's it's pretty out there um but a B minus is a fucking strong uh, grade for me, especially uh, type of movie uh, like this. Um, so who would I recommend this to? I'd probably recommend it to Jason, but I 
pretty sure Jason's already watched this um, from what I remember talking to him about it. And uh, let's see. So Bill and Ted Face the Music. Uh, I rented it. And I couldn't. I don't know. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but I rented it on iTunes. It was like four, four bucks or something like that and well worth it. So let me uh, wrap up the show here. So uh, I'm going to tease the next couple episodes. The next episode on the feed after this one, uh, next week's episode will be, um, it'll be the full crew. It'll be me, Matt, Jason, and Ian. And we're going to do a Rotten on the Vine uh, segment, which is our Rotten Tomatoes prediction game where we uh, try to predict uh, the critic scores for movies that are um, about to be released. So um, just a little tease for that. We're going to be predicting the scores for the Disney Dwayne Johnson movie, Jungle Cruise. Um, let's see what else. Uh, the Suicide Squad, directed by, uh, who is it? It's James Gunn, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy. is going to be directing the next Suicide Squad. So uh, let's see what other movie. There's a third movie. Oh, Free Guy, starring Ryan Reynolds. So those are the three movies we're going to try to like predict between me and my co-hosts. And uh, that should be a fun time. And uh, that'll be the next episode. And then uh, when I come back to do uh, another 2,000 movies, I will be reviewing Black Widow. I'm looking forward to sitting in the theater at the IMAX screen for that one and coming back and uh, let you know what I thought about it. So that's what we have to look forward to in the next couple weeks here on Mind Grenade. So let me do a little bit of networking before I close up shop here. Uh, a feed of the podcast and some um, upcoming artwork uh, that I'm uh, finishing up will be on MindGrenadeStudios.com. And you can follow us at MindGrenade1 on Twitter. Leave us a email. Um, and, you know, uh, I'd love for people to get involved with our Rotten Tomatoes game. Uh, if you have any predictions, we'll shout them out on the podcast. Uh, you can play along with this and try to see if you can get the critic score as close as possible there. But you can leave us an email at mg2014 at gmail.com. I'll have that all spelled out in the show notes there. It's uh, mgtwenty one one four. Yeah, I think that's it. Yep, 14 at gmail.com. So thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. This has been episode 263 of the Mind Grenade Podcast. I have been Hector saying so long, and we'll talk to you soon. He was a big wave surfer Living down by Waimea Bay